Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The Advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the Advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. For the first time since 2007, the Grizz Lacrosse team is moving on at the MCLA National Tournament. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The last time the University of Montana Lacrosse team won a game at the MCLA National Tournament, head coach and director Tucker Sargent was a player. That year back in 2007, the Grizz went on to win their lone MCLA National Championship. The Grizz had lost in the first round in 2017 and 2019 in their only appearances since 2007. On Monday night in Round Rock, Texas, six-seeded Montana rode the roller coaster surging to a 7-2 halftime lead over Florida Gulf Coast before letting the advantage slip away. By the final 10 minutes, the action was locked in an 8-8 tie, but the Grizz got a goal with 12 seconds remaining to earn a 9-8 victory in advance. Montana is now 7-4 all-time at the national tournament. Montana will play number 14 seed Cal State San Marcos in the quarterfinals at 5 p.m. Tuesday. Cal State San Marcos was one of three teams to pull off a seeding upset in the first round, knocking off number 3 Kennesaw State 14-6. Number 8 Montana Montana State was taken down by number nine Missouri State in the opening round, 13 to eight. And finally, Troy Anderson added one more amateur award to his trophy case before the former Montana State star enters the NFL. Saturday, Anderson was awarded the Montana AAU Little Sullivan Award given to the top amateur male and female athletes in the Treasure State. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. heads for you to get hour number two kicked off here at Nuana's Now. I listened to a fascinating podcast with David Byrne, the head coach of the Talking Heads, recently. And uh, creatively brilliant people really, uh, really infatuate me. What a fun interview it was. And what a, what a unique and interesting guy he is. Back in the saddle for the first time in the month of May. Happy to be here. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Hope you missed us because we definitely missed you. Missed anything in our number one? You can find it all on the Nuanas Now podcast. We gave you an update on everything and all the things that happened while I was gone, both what I did plus what was happening in the wide world of sports. Also heard from Tucker Sargent, the Grizzly Cross team, into the quarterfinals of the National MCLA Lacrosse Tournament. Their play right now, Cal State, Cal State San Marcos, excuse me, 
It just got underway, 5 p.m., so uh, a bid to the Final Four on the line for Grizzly Cross. We heard from head coach Tucker Sargent. Also, also talk some NFL draft and also talk some update on the lawsuit between Shannon Schwain, the former University of Montana women's basketball coach, against UM as a whole, the UM Athletic Department. You can find all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Sportsbet Montana as well as the Advocates. Coming up here in about 10 minutes, our great friend Justin Angle will join us. The Business Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications, the overlay between business and sports. But he's just wrapping up a meeting. So we are going to get in our Treasure State Stars for the week. Usually this is 5.30 on Tuesdays, but we're doing a little early here so we can stay on track. Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. By the way, it is a Tuesday. That means it's a Tagliari Tuesday. So stay tuned for that, too. In about five minutes, we'll be giving you an opportunity to win some Tagliari Deli, $25 gift card to one of the best sandwich shops you'll find anywhere, point blank, period. Treasure State Stars, though, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place to get a loan in western Montana because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Treasure State Star number one, University of Montana Track and field standout, Tanessa Morris. She's been on this show twice in the past. She's the reigning champion in the Big Sky Conference in the hammer throw, and she had the throw of a lifetime over the weekend at the Tom Gage Classic here in Missoula. Morris has been thrown consistently in the 190s, 190 feet, which is a really competitive you know, Big Sky Conference leading and also NCAA West Regional uh, competitive mark. But she went nuts. Uh, over the weekend, her fourth throw of the finals, she popped a 210-foot, 11-inch toss. That breaks Hannah Filzer, who's one of the great throwers in Montana history. That breaks her school record by more than a foot. Hannah Filzer from Missoula, a Missoula Big Sky graduate and a champion uh, in the event at Montana. So that's a huge record to break. So Tanessa Moore, she was the Big Sky Conference Field Athlete of the Week on the women's side. 210 feet, 11 inches, the throw to break the school record in the hammer throw at the Tom Gage Classic. Congratulations to her. The Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships on the horizon in Pocatello this upcoming weekend. Treasure State star number two, Ed Putney of the Grizz men's tennis team. Putney was the Big Sky Conference MVP in men's tennis. How about that? Pretty sweet for him in his senior year, the senior uh, from right outside of London, uh, in England. And uh, a banner year all the way around for the men's tennis team, to be sure. But uh, Pudney, he was at the head of it. He was 12-3 and in singles play, and that was the best mark in the entire um, in the entire Big Sky Conference. This also marks only the second time ever that a Grizz men's tennis player has won Big Sky Conference MVP. Uh, He joins Andrew Warren, who won it back in 2014. So, uh, big award. 19-4 and over the last two years, if you count the fall portion of the season, uh, for Ed Pudney. So, really, really impressive. Good for him. By the way, Trey Morris, Montana State's head coach, the Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year as well. The tennis championships played out while we were away. The Grizz beat Idaho State in the first round and then got knocked out in the semifinals by Idaho. Montana State got a bye as one of the top two teams uh, as co-conference champions, and then they outlasted a really tough NAU team, Northern Arizona, to get to the finals, but then the Vandals of Idaho defeated Montana State in the finals as well. So it was kind of a a big three in men's tennis this year in the Big CI Conference. Montana, Montana State, Idaho, and the Vandals end up clinching the uh, NCAA tournament bid. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. How about a little Tagliari Tuesday? Tagliari, one of the best delis in all of Missoula, all of Montana. Great selection of wine and old Italy-style goods. I love getting my pastas and my olive oils there. Great cheese and charcuterie plates. But the thing that keeps you coming back, the sandwiches. Best sandwiches you're going to find anywhere in Montana don't believe me? Ask People Magazine. Ask, ask the Food Network. They have been named Top Deli and Top Sandwich in the Treasure State by a variety of outlets, and we have a $25 gift card for you 
to tag the area delicatessen right now. Call us 406 406- Six four zero six eight eight eight. Excuse me. I almost gave you the advocates number. There's a uh, <laughs> there's a repetition in in real time. Four zero six triple eight one zero two nine. That's eight 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 one zero two nine. Call us right now. Call our number three. We got a twenty five dollar gift card to Tagliari Delicatessen. Tagliari Deli. Best sandwiches you're gonna find anywhere in Western Montana. Treasure State Star number three, Ali Vice. She is currently stationed in Fort Benning, Georgia with the Army Marksmanship Unit. She's one of the great rifle target shooters in the world. She was on the United States Olympic team this last year. She placed 14th. She's a Belgrade native, by the way. Grew up in Belgrade, Montana. And uh, she placed 14th in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics uh, after competing in the 10-meter air rifle competition. And the reason she's in the news now is over the weekend... Allie Weiss was named the Montana AAU Little Sullivan Award winner as the top female amateur athlete in the state of Montana. Some guy named Troy Anderson from Montana State Football won the male uh, Montana AAU Little Sullivan Award as the top male amateur athlete. But Allie Weiss from Belgrade, Montana, an Olympian, a uh, about to be a competitor overseas in Spain, and currently stationed in Georgia with the Army Marksmanship Unit, she is our Treasure State Star number three. Treasure State Star number four, TJ Session. He's a former uh, Montana State offensive tackle. Uh, I know there's a lot of varying opinions on the transfer portal. I know that you might say, why am I touting a kid who entered the transfer portal and left the state of Montana? Well, TJ Session landed at Cal, and he landed in the Pac-12, and I do think that's where some of the nuance of this transfer portal phenomenon comes in. We'll get to that a little bit later on this week because I do think it's a more extrapolated discussion. But I do think that the kid, I mean, the kid was committed to Fresno State all the way up until right before signing day back in 2019. He lost his offer because of this new early and late signing period and the way that the timeline works with that. He took a late offer to Montana State. He developed really well at Montana State. Now he's taking his talents to the Pac-12. So I think sometimes there's more than just grass is greener or this kid's a quitter or all the things that the, the get-off-my-lawn guys want you to think. So we'll uh, we'll extrapolate on that a little bit more, but TJ Session to Cal, former Montana State offensive tackle, going to the Pac-12. Treasure State start number five, the Grizzly Cross team, a 9-8 victory over Florida Gulf Coast last night at the MCLA National Lacrosse Tournament. Grizzly Cross now playing against Cal State San Marcos right now. Treasure State start number six, Morgan Evans, she is a Montana State senior hurdler out of Great Falls. She ran 13.98 seconds in the 100-meter hurdles over the weekend. That time would rank fourth in the big sky this season, and her time earlier this year of 13.63 was the second best ever at Montana State. So she's a great hurdler. She's doing uh, great work uh, in that event, and she was the Big Sky Conference track athlete of the week this week, Morgan Evans, a senior out of Great Falls. And then the last one, a late addition, but a good one, to the uh, Treasure State Stars, Montana senior shortstop Megan McGrath. The star shortstop for the Grizz softball team, she ranked second in the league in batting average and home runs. And on Tuesday, she was named by the league's coaches as the Big Sky Conference Player of the Year. McGrath hit 386 this year. And she provided a career high and program record 15 home runs. She is the first Montana Grizzlies softball player to win Big Sky MVP honors. So there you go. We'll give you more softball chatter later on this week as well as the Grizz and the rest of the Big Sky Conference get set for the Big Sky Conference tournament down in Ogden, Utah this weekend. Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place in Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Justin Angle, a business angle. We're going to talk everything from F1 to record-setting 5Ks to ultra-distance runners to Montana University of Montana graduation, all that and more on the business angle with Justin Angle. Next, keep it right here. New on is now ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. 
There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Justin Angle and I have been having uh, wide-ranging, meandering conversations for quite some time now, and we still haven't found what we're looking for. (laughs) This song is for Justin, who will join us here in just a minute. You want us now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications with our good friend and University of Montana business professor, Justin Angle. Uh, coming up here in just a short minute. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. And here he is. He is joining us on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Usually we've been recording these down at his shop, but uh, a little glitch in the schedule this week, but we're back at it, so here we are. And Justin now joins us on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line for a business single. What's up, Justin? How you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be. I mean, I love seeing you in the studio, man, but, you know, back on the Rangish Brothers phone line feels pretty good as well hey live radio nothing like it a ton to get to but specifically in your world as a university of montana business professor you and the rest of campus will celebrate graduation this upcoming weekend and uh, i think that graduation is such an interest i mean it's a great time for everybody involved it's a huge accomplishment to get a college degree my brother and i argue or not argue we agree and talk about this a lot i think that somehow somewhere along the lines the uh just how much work and how much effort and how much dedication and how much time and energy and smarts and intellect and all of it goes into getting a college degree. Somehow it's gotten like demeaned or knocked down or something, but it's a great accomplishment for everybody that does it. But now this time uh, in the world, it's been interesting to see the way that the kids have gotten there because of all the different circumstances that have been involved. But one thing, one potential silver lining is uh, to this COVID interrupted uh, multiple year span that we've had is the fact yeah. that there's been these extended timelines and or new opportunities and new ways of learning for a variety of different students, both athletes and otherwise. So uh, hash this out for people because this weekend, a lot of, of uh, your students, some even that do have a sports connection, uh, will be celebrating graduation. And it's uh, a capitalization of a, a pretty great opportunity that maybe ironically wouldn't have existed if we didn't live in a pandemic world. Yeah, Colt, there's so many layers to that. I mean, one thing I will say is that you know, what's magical about the college experience is that it is an entirely voluntary thing. I mean, we go through, you know, preschool, elementary school, high school, and it's kind of compulsory, right? We're legally required to do such things. And then college is an investment in the self that these students take on voluntarily. I mean, it might not feel voluntary from coming from your parents or whatever your situation is, but it really is a self-decision to, to invest in yourself. And, you know, at the beginning of COVID, it was so salient. Like, I remember the, the, the Grizz basketball team qualified for the NCAA tournament, and, like, that just got ripped out from under them. And it just felt so, like, such a lost thing for so many young people. And it's hard to feel sorry for athletes. They've got, particularly collegiate athletes, they've got a great um, setup in general, and it affords a ton of privilege. But to have your season ripped away, you know, that's, that's hard. And so one of the, 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 the downstream benefits, the silver lining, as you framed it, is it's afforded students 
um, more repetitions, they get another year of eligibility. And in some cases, some students have gotten two years of eligibility. And that's allowed here at the University of Montana for so many students to enroll in, in, our, in the College of Business in our graduate programs. And we have three graduate programs, uh, a Master's of Business Administration, a Master's of Business Analytics, and a Master's of Accountancy. And across those programs, we have 34 students um, who are earning their master's, 34 student athletes who are earning their master's in football and in track and tennis and basketball, volleyball. Um, so it's a really special time to see these, these, these students kind of reaching the finish line of this phase of their lives, but also being able to experience another chapter in their collegiate athletic experience, but also kind of putting themselves in a much better position to realize the fruits of that labor and get a great job and, and, and you know, walk away with a master's degree and, and just be that, um, in that better position to sort of enter this next phase of life. Well, it is a great way that a lot of these young people took advantage of the circumstances at large and uh, definitely something to be uh, unbelievably proud of. Justin Angle joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're streaming on the uh, ESPN Montana app. However you're joining us, thanks for being here. Justin is a professor of business at the University of Montana and joins us every other Tuesday here on the Business Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications. And Justin, I know you have uh, some distance running background acumen, something that you still enjoy. And one story that's uh, been kind of blowing up around these parts around the Garden City in Missoula has been the story of Adam Peterman, who was a very good high school mm-hmm. runner at Missoula Hellgate and then went on to have good success at uh, Colorado and Boulder and ran on a national championship cross-country team. But now this guy is just absolutely killing it when it comes to the ultra distances. So he has been running some of the top times alongside some of the world's premier ultra distance runners. And this is not just you know, run a, a hundred kilometers on a track. This is running a hundred kilometers on the top of the Sierra Nevada mountains stuff that I can't even comprehend, but uh, he was the winner uh, at the canyons and Endur- uh, canyons endurance run recently. He's been yep. in the mix for a bunch of different events. So I guess my, my broad question for you two two twofold, I guess is one, how does one decide they're going to run a hundred kilometers at 18,000 feet of vertical uh, change? <laughs> But secondly, why does it seem sometimes that there's guys that are are good that then can scale to be so great as they add distances to their repertoire? Gosh, you know, Adam is a, is a, is a special kid. I remember when I moved to town, he was a high school student here at Hellgate, and um, my close friend Mike Foote was one of the assistant coaches there. Anders Booker, who's the owner at Runner's Edge, was was one of the coaches, still is, and just a great kind of culture and spirit there. And I remember Adam coming up through that and then moving on to Boulder and, you know, having a good career, but having a career that, that, you know, struggled with some injuries and, um, that's tough as a young athlete. Um, and then in the ultra space, you know, I, I ran ultra marathons for a large number of years. I was never fast, but I was good at going slow for a long period of time. And that's kind of what <laughs> you have to do in the ultra game. Yeah. And if you're a collegiate runner, if you're somebody with that kind of just leg speed where you can cruise at five minute miles ad nauseum, like that's sometimes hard to, it's sometimes hard to make the leap to the ultra distance because you're so used to running fast that running slow or slower in the case in this case is hard to adapt to and you're used to doing races that are you know 15 30 minutes and to adapt to races that are you know 15 hours is hard it's a different set of systems it's a different mind game and you know like i said i don't know adam well we met on a few occasions he just seems so poised and so balanced that i think his mindset is one that that translates to the distance and he's also able to main you know he's also able to kind of take care of his body over that course of time like some guys and gals that just can't figure out the eating piece they can't figure out how to stay hydrated over the course of a multiple hour race sometimes they can't figure out how to handle the distance or the elevation or the heat or the other variables that come into play over such a long race it's just such a more complicated set of variables to control and he's proven that he's able to do that and 
And this race that you mentioned, the Canyon Lands 100K, it gets him an entry into some of the premier events in the ultra-distance sport. I mean, he's got a, got a, an entry into the Western States 100, which is kind of the premier 100-mile race in the United States, the oldest for sure. And he's got an entry into UTMB, which is a, a circuit around Mont Blanc in Chamonix in the, in the Alps in Europe. And uh, these are world-class events against world-class talent. So it'll be really interesting to see how, how he kind of is able to perform in those moments. And um, and he's young, too. I mean, he's, ultra distances tend to, tends to be a place where some of the older folks who are more seasoned uh, start to come into success because it just takes years to develop those systems and that experience and that kind of wisdom. But Adam seems wise beyond his years in, in this field. So I'm, I'm really excited for him. I'm excited to see what, what he can do. A business angle, Justin Angle joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Have you ever heard of a guy named Yuri Robic? Yeah, he's not like extreme cyclist, right? Extreme cyclist, one of my favorite feature stories I've ever read. And I read this back when I was a journalism student at the University of Montana in Jeff Hull's feature writing class. This was one of the assignments he gave us. It's a story by Daniel Coyle that ran in the New York Times back in February 2006. And it's called... That which does not kill me makes me stranger, and it's all about <laughs> it's all about Yuri Robic and his ability. He is he's the premier ultra, at least at this moment. I don't know what his status is now. Some sixteen years later, I'm sure he's still, if competing, uh, still elite. But at this moment, he was widely considered the greatest endurance cyclist on the planet, and this guy could ride upwards of 600 miles without stopping and it was insane yeah it's, it's insane and he but he would talk about and and the writer at more aptly not even yuri robic talking about it but the writer aptly described it so uh poignantly and beautifully that this guy would actually go in to a state of I don't want to use any sort of negative connotation because I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. He would go into a state of alternative consciousness, let's say. Yeah, he'd be in a trance. He's totally in a trance. And he would think that he was being chased by these crazy warriors, and this was the thing that motivated him, and uh, an unbelievable circumstance. But uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll text you the link so you can uh, read the story. But that, that is a real phenomenon, right, sort of making your body work at a different uh, element than what your mind can control. I mean, that's the whole point is like, you, you got to be able, it's this mind body kind of navigation of like what your body experiences things and sends signals to your mind and your mind has to overcome those. And sometimes it's your body being able to carry on when your mind is saying no. Um, you know, and, and it goes both ways. The crazy things these, these folks do to endure you know, I remember, and this was probably, I can't remember the fellow's name, but he lived in Cleelum, Washington. This is when I lived in Seattle. There was this fellow from Cleelum, Washington that had won the Race Across America cycling race a couple of times. And he had a problem in his first attempt where his neck muscles failed. So he was able to ride and keep riding, but he couldn't hold his head up. And so he kind of came into this physical therapist buddy of mine for some help solving the problems and they rigged up this contraption where it's basically like a yardstick stuck down the back of his shirt to hold his neck up they like taped his head to this yardstick as a brace to hold his head up because he could train his body to I mean, he could train his legs and lungs to keep going but he couldn't train the neck muscles um so just yeah the ridiculous lengths that these folks go through to to endure is um you know, I think that title from the Daniel Coyle article is so well-constructed. It does make you stranger. It is a bizarre world, but, but um, it pushes you to interesting places, that's for sure. The business angle, Justin Angle here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. All right, one last distance question for you, because I just find it so fascinating. I am the farthest thing from a distance runner, but I have studied just like the physiology of athletes and the different types of athletes. And, you know, there's the, mm-hmm. the fast twitch and the slow twitch muscles and the, the people that are really good at, at s- explosive movements or the people that are really good at power movements. I was always a power guy. That's why I played offensive line. But I couldn't run 100 kilometers of my life depended on it. Like, not even kidding. It would be death. I would die. I would actually die <laughs> <laughs> if this happened. So I always find these sorts of athletes phenomenally uh, interesting. A, a big piece of news from this last couple weeks – 
Abdi Hamid Noor, who is the great, the the best runner, not only in the Big Sky Conference, but in the United States of America at the collegiate level. And that that is not hyperbole. He is a multiple-time United States Track and Field Association National Runner of the Year. He's a multiple-time cross-country and multiple-event outdoor and indoor national champion for the Northern Arizona mm-hmm. track team. And over this last uh, couple weeks, this guy has completely pushed the envelope past the brink. Uh, two weeks ago, I guess about 10 days ago, he ran 13 minutes, 6.32 seconds in the 5,000 meters. That breaks a wow. almost 50-year-old record that dates back to 1978 for the fastest 5K time ever. This got me tripping down the rabbit hole, though, because one of the great athletes to ever come out of the state of Montana, one of the greatest athletes in the history of the Big Sky Conference, is Livingston native Shannon Butler. Shannon went mm-hmm. to Auburn to run for a year and then transferred back to Montana State. He won, I believe, seven individual national championships between cross-country and uh, other distance pursuits. His time in the men's 5K to win the national championship in 1991 was 13 minutes and 30 seconds flat. It was a Big Sky Conference record by 11 seconds. It was the Montana State school record by almost half a minute. And it was this record that stood for... 10-plus years that a lot of people thought was utterly unbreakable. Shannon Butler then was the number four athlete in the history of the Big Sky on their countdown of the top 50 male athletes of all time. That's all to say that then in the last 10 to 15 years, now that time of 13:30 barely gets you into the top 10 in the country, maybe even in the top 15 in the country, and we're talking about a guy running... 25 seconds faster than that in this same league in the Big Sky Conference. So my question for you, Justin, is this. from Why does it seem, in, in specifically the distance running, that the, the records are falling so much more rapidly? Because you put that in perspective, I mean, that time is 25 seconds better than Shannon Butler's was 30 years ago. Yet the men's long jump record hasn't fallen since the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. So what's the dichotomy? Why does it seem as if some records in track and field are completely still unbreakable and others, uh, they've been put completely in the rear view? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would sort of approach this by thinking of what are the events and what is the context? So we're talking like the Olympic and world-class level, then we sort of have to think about like what era were we in? Were we in the 80s where doping controls weren't necessarily as robust as they are now and in kind of the Wild West and that Flojo era? You know, we, I think we can kind of hopefully set that aside when we're talking about collegiate athletes because I don't, I don't think that uh, hopefully they're not engaging in that type of stuff. But, you know, I do think what, what happens in sport is, like, we'll have a record that feels, that gets set, and it feels like it is unbreakable, right? And then there comes a wave of improvements over a number of years where, where we sort of expand the realm of what's possible. And maybe that's, you know, on the, on the sort of heroic side, like, that's just some individual who's willing to go to a place, willing and able to go to a place where nobody has sort of dared go before and they break through. But I think more so it's, it's like we realize these breakthroughs in training, like a combination of, you know, training different systems and optimizing the amount of load. And now we're into a state where we can monitor these athletes at an individual level. So it used to be like a coach would just sort of throw out the workout for the whole team. And now like we can monitor the athletes at an individual level through various apps and other, you know, biophysical markers where we can kind of design workouts at the individual level. And that just creates, you know, the use of technology to do that um, creates the uh, the opportunity to optimize each individual athlete to his or her own potential. And, and as we kind of realize those, you know, the, the benefits and power of those sort of innovations, it, what comes with that is sort of a, a step advancement in performance um, where one era becomes clearly distinguished from another then the performance is the, the, the standard um, of performance just moves up and, and it'll stay that way. I mean, we've seen that in swimming. We've seen it in running. Any of these time-based sports, we just see these gaps in performance. I, I suppose there is a natural limit, sure, but it doesn't appear like we've reached that yet. 
I do think, too, there's a, there is an element of channeling certain athletes into certain disciplines. In other words, mm-hmm. um, in a, to be a great 10K runner, you have to be a great distance runner. And so, therefore, you are channeling into and, – and likely you know that you will have an acumen and or an interest and or a passion or a talent or whatever for long-distance running at a pretty early age. And there's very little that's going to deter you then – you're not going to choose another avenue, I guess, on what I'm saying. Because, I mean, you look at, at Abdi Noor from NAU, who we're talking about, the record setter uh, who ran 1306. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy, I've interviewed him before. He's, he's a wonderful young man. Uh, what an interesting person. He's from Somalia, and he's taken full advantage of this training at altitude and flagstaff. Yet, the guy is about 5'3", 100 pounds. <laughs> there's, right, there's not a right. lot of other sports that he was going to play. Uh, at a highly competitive level, but then you compare and contrast that with maybe like the middle distances or some of the horizontal jumps, for example. And you have to wonder, like, first of all, the long jump record is a bad example because I do think that perhaps the most ex- anonymous, anomalous, I should say, world records that has ever been set was Bob Beeman's long jump uh, in the, at the 1968 Olympics. I mean, the guy, he broke the record by such a huge amount and then didn't know the metric conversion until they announced it and someone told him. And when they told him, he passes out because he's so surprised. He broke the record by like 29 inches. And so it is one of the craziest and most unlikely world records ever. So maybe it's not a great uh, example here. But I also, you have to wonder, like, if uh, Russell Westbrook would have been channeled towards long jumping instead of playing in the NBA or if, you know, there's a variety of guys you could come up with, but you just wonder if maybe that that's another uh, deterrent. It's a business angle with Justin Angle, the overlay between business and sports here on Nuanas. Now, we've mostly been talking about track and field and uh, sports science, not necessarily business and sports. So let's talk a little business and sports, Justin. One common sure. theme around here uh, during this segment has been sports gambling. And the increased prevalence and uh, "quote unquote" normalization of the phenomenon here uh, in Montana, regionally and nationally. I was just in Las Vegas this last week, and I found it very striking that uh, there was this novelty, this allure when I would go to Nevada in general or Vegas in the past, or when we used to go to Reno for the Big Sky Tournament. Being able to bet on sports games was was so unique, and being able to go to a sports book and bet a spread and and maybe win a little cash. It was, it was totally uh, something you couldn't do hardly anywhere else in the world unless you had some sort of really sketchy bookie or some sort of way to do it, sort of right. back, back channel. But now this has been so rapidly normalized, and now there's Sportsbet Montana kiosks. I mean, there's, there's dozens of them in Missoula. There's hundreds of them in Montana. And so then when I was in Las Vegas, I found myself completely uh, – averse to the the novelty that is gambling in general, sports or otherwise. When I was using the machines at the Caesar Sportsbook, it was the exact same experience as in Montana. And I found myself not compelled whatsoever to play blackjack or or hold'em or anything because the action is so much more accessible. So all that's to say, when when you analyze sort of the novelty that was sports betting in Vegas and now the prevalence of it and the legality of it almost everywhere in the United States... What is the dichotomy, and how much do you think it impacts, if at all, if at all sort of the Vegas sports books and the, the position they've held in the sports world for so long? Yeah, I think that, you know, with this kind of, you use the word rapid in your setup there, and I think that's the, the right word to kind of be thinking about this, this issue. The changes have been rapid, and that the leagues have, opened themselves up to gambling and welcomed gambling and such it just seemed like change the way change works right it like happens very slowly then all of a sudden and all of a sudden gambling on sports is ubiquitous right and with that it's like everybody has flooded the market with an offering so rapidly that there has not been an effort to differentiate you know, one one person's offering is very similar to another, and so we don't have much to distinguish the customer experience one from the other. So you don't have much basis to make choices from one you know gambling engagement to the other. It's sort of like it became a commodity before it it became differentiated in a way. So I think that's the next step. It's like because you can get access to it anywhere. 
it kind of takes the luster off of the Vegas experience. So either Vegas is going to have to innovate, innovate and figure out different ways to create a compelling customer experience or these local um, more entrepreneurial startup efforts are going to have to figure out a way to like, hey, come to our casino and, and bet at our book instead of the other book. And like, because you can access it anywhere, these these books are going to have to figure out ways to differentiate and offer an experience that is richer. They can't necessarily offer better odds or better terms of gambling, but they can offer a better experience. And ultimately, when it's available everywhere, I think that's what people are going to be looking for. It's, it's, it's the experience rather than the, the potential payoff that will become the distinguishing factor. An update from the University of Montana lacrosse match against Cal State San Marcos. First quarter, end of the first quarter, Montana leads Cal State San Marcos 4-3. to three. So that is the quarterfinals of the uh, of the MCLA tournament. Do we have an even uh, better update for us here? Uh, sounds like Andrew's going to chime in here quickly. Yeah, so we're nearing the end of the second quarter now. Go. Grizz lead 8-4. to four, Wow. And a couple students on that you team, can so see the score being updated on the ESPN Montana app broadcast of Nuanez Now. We got a little score bug in the quarter that we're updating now. So uh, that's pretty cool. Got to love it. Go get that ESPN Montana app. Justin Engel joining us here on Nuanez Now. All right, last thing to get to here on the business angle, Justin, is not necessarily the analysis specifically of the business model and the subsequent surge of F1, Formula One, but rather maybe some of the lessons from it. We've talked about this a little bit and the partnership with Netflix and the uh, sort of pseudo-reality TV show that they crafted to sort of introduce the characters. And I do think character building is a, a, a big part of this, but I sent you a Twitter thread uh, about just the yep. development of the business. And it's very interesting because there were so many different things in there that stuck out to me, specifically two things. Uh, one, the the need and the constant appetite to sort of grasp onto Americans and the American sporting public. And then secondly, the necessity to empower and embrace and somehow capture young people. And I I do think that the first one is obvious. The second one is maybe actually a flaw in a lot of uh, pursuits of revenue and money in sports. Uh, But what did you think of that overall Twitter thread? And what do you think of the sort of those two dynamics of this? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the rush to sort of, you know, I, I don't have a lot of wisdom about about sports culture outside of the United States, but I will say that, you know, the United States has a unique relationship to sport, and, um, you know, whether it's soccer or F1, like trying to capture some of the American market share, we have people we you know we have basically a it's it's a lucrative market so if you're marketing a product you want to get into the united states right because that's you have people with willingness to pay you have people with disposable income and time and sports is is part of our culture that's certainly part of other cultures but yeah you can't deny that the american media market is an attractive one so neglecting that if you're f1 that just doesn't make any sense it's a head scratcher um if you're neglecting it because you don't think americans would be interested you've got to figure out a way to make americans interested or at least try um and then you know the 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 younger demographic thing seems like a similar blind spot um you know whatever it is the 18 to 34 demographic that's commonly spoken about in media like there's not only the fact that that is the most lucrative advertising segment, right? That's who you want to advertise to because those are the people with the most purchasing power. Um, but it's also a customer base that ages with you. If you can get younger people hooked on your product earlier, like they have some, they have higher customer lifetime value, right? That the, yep. the sort of value of that customer over a long time horizon is so much greater. So to neglect them and to think that your sport is only for older people that just seems so short-sighted you're just like cutting yourself at the knees before you even entered the game so you know when i read that story it was like oh my god what poor leadership i mean you could understand how your product might not be as natural a fit for a younger audience but if you're trying to grow a business understand in media you got to understand that that younger audience has such great potential and is so attractive to so many advertisers that if you neglect it 
I mean, that's kind of leadership malfeasance in my view after reading that story. And it's, it's, it's so applicable to what I think when I analyze college sports because I see this. I'm not going to state any specifics at this exact moment, but I see it across the board where so often the college athletic departments, and again, th- this is such a conflicting statement because I wish that what we were talking about wasn't in- indicating that the primary motive for college athletics was money, but I do see this in the revenue sports where the uh, powers that be they gravitate towards appeasing the big money boosters and the big money season ticket holders rather than yeah. appeasing the students. And I feel like it is a short-sighted and a sort of immediate reaction rather than empowering the students because the boosters and the alumni and the season ticket holders, for better or worse, likely they're always going to be there. So you should be gravitating towards giving the best experience to the people that are going to replace that demographic rather than to the people that exist in that demographic. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be mindful of who's paying the bills when they're, and when they're paying them, right? Like you never want to like neglect your, your most valuable customers, but you also got to be looking to the future and customer potential and and lifetime value. As I said before, you know, it it resonates. I don't know, Coulter, if you've seen some of the new brand identity that the university of Montana has been rolling out and, you know, I was involved a little bit in, in that process of selecting the creative agency to, to develop that branding and some of the choices we made about which kind of brand identity to go with. And what's really interesting is that the folks, and I give University of Montana credit, like I think we chose a concept that was unusual and bold and and not something that many on the committee were were comfortable with. But the committee members realize, like, wait a second, like, you know, we're not the target audience. Like, we want, you know, 18 to 20-year-olds to be stoked on this brand. Like, that's the, that's the growth segment. And if those people care about it and get jacked about it, like, I'll be excited about it. Because I know that that rising tide will lift, uh, you know, the boat for all of us. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. you got to kind of understand where the most potential is and be looking to the future for the potential for growing customers over a longer period of time um, despite who might be you know contributing most of the bottom line at any given moment well we didn't have you looped in when i played your intro song but i played we still haven't found what we're looking for by u2 for you today and uh, i think that that might be just be like the new co-name of this segment we still haven't found what we're looking for but we'll keep looking for it here uh, on a business angle justin angle joining us here on nuanas now appreciate you being here man thanks so much there it is justin angle business angle presented by blackfoot communications we do that every other tuesday it's the overlay between business and sports what's going on the rest of the week we'll get you all set up plus a little update on the nba playoffs keep it right here 102.9 espn missoula if you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money the advocates they will provide help for you no out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Recently, Fronten ain't saying nothing, so I just speak my peace. Keep my peace, Cubans with the Jesus peace. With my peace, packing, asking who want it, did want it, flaunt it. That Brooklyn bull, we on it. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Great job, guys. The ticker on the ESPN Montana app looking great. Go download it. We got an updated score. From the Grizz Lacrosse game, 8-4, do I got this right? 8-4 in the, 8-5 in the second quarter uh, as the University of Montana lacrosse team takes on the uh, Cal State San Marcos in the quarterfinals of the MCLA tournament. So go get that app. It's a great way to follow Grizz Lacrosse, great way to follow this show, great way to follow Grizz Hockey, and we got a bunch of other stuff coming down the pipe for you, as we always do. Thanks for being here today on Nuanas. Now you missed anything in the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Sportsbet Montana 
and advocates. Went all the way around the world of sports, talked some NFL drafts, talked some Big Sky Conference tennis, Big Sky Conference track, Big Sky Conference softball, talked some transfer portal. We talked all of the subjects of the day. Heard from Tucker Sargent, Grizz Lacrosse coach. We also heard from Justin Angle, a business angle, and we had our Treasure State Stars. Go find it on all of your podcast hosting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe. The NBA playoffs has been uh, awesome to follow along to. Uh, it's been awesome to uh, just engage with. And uh, the playoffs, we got a bunch of good series going on. We're into the uh, semifinals for the Eastern and Western Conferences, so that means eight total teams left. And uh, we will throw you here uh, in about 30 seconds, right into the, I guess about five minutes after we get to the last break here, but we'll throw you right into the Philadelphia at Miami game. That series tied 2-2. Two to two. Dallas Phoenix is uh, also coming up later on tonight. We won't have that one here on ESPN Radio. We'll have as many games as we possibly can. But uh, the Sixers and Heat tied 2-2. Two to two. The Mavericks and Suns tied 2-2. Two to two. Milwaukee and Boston tied 2-2. Two to two. Golden State and Memphis. Golden State leads 3-1. to one. We'll be back at it tomorrow. A bunch of great guests, including Daniel Hardy of the Los Angeles Rams. We'll see you then. Nuan is now. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.